0: Everyone, and welcome inside another edition of what we call the Adam Jones podcast. I'm Jerry Coleman down here in Sarasota, Florida. He's Mr. International, as we are always international with Adam Jones, this time in Athens, Greece. We'll hear more about that fabulous trip coming up, but today we have reached episode 36 with the former five time all star and our special guest coming up in just a moment a guy who Had a locker right next to him, probably for too long for his liking. His name is Chris Davis. He'll be joining us momentarily. Adam will tell us also about that video that was posted on social media in which he received those Baltimore Connect jerseys. We all saw it. Was that choreographed? Because it sure looked staged to me as I play Sherlock Holmes. 3-2 delivery, Adam. But first, let's kick things off with the former Oreo Adams in Athens. We're talking to Zeus himself. It is Chris Davis joining us here on the Adam <laughs> Jones podcast. Chris, appreciate the time. This you're is what's going to do something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're retired, you know, just like Adam. Man, but, yeah. And we know what Adam does because everything's posted almost on social media. Yeah. Not as much as you. I mean, what have you been up to? Because we're not seeing daily posts of you in Athens
1: or London. Nor will you, nor will you. Um, <laughs> um, man, I've been taking the girls uh, to school, picking them up, doing, doing the daddy stuff. Uh, been working out with a, a guy that uh, both of y'all know, Jonathan LaCroix, lives right across the street. We've been trying to get back after it, um, trying to get back in some kind of shape. Not baseball shape, but some kind of shape. Um, and, then, and then the stuff with Compassion International, uh, one of the organizations that we partnered with while I was still playing, um kind of starting to take some trips we're going to go i'm not traveling like jonesy does but um we're going to go to israel in october we're trying to set up a trip to africa to kind of bring people on board um and then dipping i say dipping my toe back into the baseball world Um, just starting to have some conversations with guys um see what um what i can do for the next generation of players um i think jonesy you and i can attest to this both we got out of the game alive and had had the ability to cope and deal with the certain stresses and pressures of the games um, with some of the issues that guys are having with their mental health and stuff like that. So maybe give, you know, help guys out in that regard. That's
2: awesome, man. I miss you, brother. I mean, we we were Uh, talking last week, I mean, it's like – we're still two-year-olds when we get together. Oh, yeah. We're still oh, we, around yeah. each other. There's, there's going to be stories. I, I, I forgot yeah. to tell Chip to put that when you uh held <laughs> me one time. like, just scored a run. like, ugh, dude, come <laughs> I'm like, this is a home run, and you're going to give me a, a damn wet willy. Yeah. You know, um, but just, yeah, you talking about, you've been, you been shooting anything lately? You've been out hunting in the woods? I mean, I know baseball is in the mirror, but you've been out yeah. there just enjoying yeah, the fruits of your
1: labor, brother. Yeah, yeah we well, just saw that big picture of Carson Wentz and a bear. Yeah, I'm not shooting a bear. I'm not messing with a bear. I'm not messing with a lion or elephants. I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> if I on top of that thing and ride it to into submission, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, mean, I get out there, and, and it was weird because, like, right when baseball ended, it was like, Man, now what am I going to do? You know, and, like, I could do a lot of things, but, like, what do you really want to do? And so, I mean, it took me a good year or so to really understand, like, you know, I, I got to be up and going, man. I got to be moving. I can't sit at the house with my thumbs. That's just not who I am. So, um, you know, I played a little golf. I'm not going to be a professional golfer. I'm not joining the senior tour. Uh, I'm still going to shank it to the left. And, you know, dog my that's just who I am. Uh, but, but really, I think the biggest thing for me was starting to interact with some guys that were still playing Jonesy. When you and I played, man, I, those teams were tight, man. And like, We could wear each other out. We could give each other a hard time. But at the end of the day, we knew that we had each other's backs. And the clubhouse just really changed, I think, the last few years I played um, to where guys weren't really hanging out as much. Um, So I think that, for me, that transition out of baseball and into regular life, it it, it was a little different. But I I realized that, like, one, I still have a lot in common with a lot of these guys. I still want to talk to a lot of these guys and and find out – um what they're doing and how they're doing it and, and really that's kind of been my main focus the last i'd say six or seven months i want to talk about the o's obviously yeah, um, they've completely turned it around
2: yeah uh, you were you came there in 11 we were we were good we were, yeah, we were good. working on we were working on it uh, <laughs> but then obviously we went through a good road and then a bad road but then now the orioles are back right now they're yeah. playing absolutely terrific baseball you in the, the the Texas area where the, the Rangers are playing fantastic ball also, two teams that were not supposed to be here at this point now. But watching the games, I mean I don't know how much you watch, but just yeah, a little bit uh, being around the games and just knowing what's going on in the game, how awesome is it to see the black and orange back on superior? It's
1: awesome, man. And and it's funny because, you know, and I think you can attest to this as well. I wanted to be a part of that. You know, I wanted I, I really enjoyed my first few years in Baltimore. Um, not just from my own personal success, but the success of the team and getting to be a part of that group that really brought some pride and brought some legitimacy back to Baltimore. Um, I mean, we were a force to be reckoned with in a really tough division uh, for years, and I really wanted to be a part of that team that that kind of brought that um, that same feel um, back to the Oriel magic, as they called it early on. I wanted to be a part of that and it just wasn't in the cards. As I got later in my career, I battled injuries, and, and it would just became harder to stay on the field. But um, I actually texted Michael Elias a few weeks ago and just told him, I look, look, I hope you're able to enjoy some of the success that you're having because it's been a lot of fun to watch. As a former player, um, as, as a, a guy who loves baseball and will always love the game, it's just good to see those guys competing. And, I mean, we're talking dudes that are, like, in their early 20s. I mean, dudes that are stepping up and and competing, against you know some of the best teams in baseball if it wasn't for the Rays right now they'd be in first place and what the Rays are are doing is just I mean they've been doing it for years now so um, it's good to see that it's good to see the Rangers doing well I just think it's good for the game of baseball when you have some of these younger teams um, really competing and and there's a lot of energy around them there's just a lot of um, a lot of drive and motivation from those guys and it pours out into the fans I mean I've, I've seen a few games here and there and, and people are pouring into Camden again, which is, I mean, that's just good for, for baseball in general.
0: Yeah. The decision to retire, it's only been two years. Uh, it came kind of quickly. And as you look back on it now, CD, uh, how, how do you feel about arriving at that decision any regrets whatsoever? hundred percent.
1: I mean, I think it's funny because people always say, you know, you shouldn't have any regrets, but I think as any professional athlete will tell you, you're always going to have regrets. Like you're always going to wish that you could go back and do things differently. But for me um, it was a really tough decision to make because physically I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do. And I hadn't been able to do that for years. And I think mentally in my head, I was just so programmed to keep going and just keep trying to get out there Um, and it really became an issue of where I started, I was about halfway through my rehab after having hip surgery. And I realized one, just the timing of everything. If I'm able to come back with any time left on my contract, I'm going to be a shell of what I was and what I was before wasn't great. So, um, it was really a decision that I had to sit down and, and think a lot about, talk to my wife a lot about, and it just became, um, it came to a point where I was like, look, The Orioles have been great for me. They've been great to me my entire career. They're in a transition period right now, and I think the best thing for me and for the team is for me to retire. And it it wasn't an easy decision, but it was the decision that I made. And looking back on it now, I'm glad that I did it the way that I did it. How much pressure was it off your chest,
2: though? Because I know you. I know how hard you work. People tell me all the time, CD's not working. He's not doing it. I'm like – I'm his locker, mate. Yeah. See the guy busting his ass every single day. How big was that? Just like,
1: oh, I don't have yeah. to worry about this. No more. i ain't got to stress about this stuff. No yeah. It was huge, man. I mean, it was like, it was life changing. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and you said it. I, my, my mindset the whole time was if I can just work my way through this, if I can just keep getting out there, even if I'm just, you know, at 30%, if I can go out there, maybe it'll click. And it's funny because, you know, as a, as a, 10 year plus bet, you would think that I had learned the lesson that, man, you, maybe there are some times when you've got to pull back, but that's just not the way I'm wired. And I thought if I can just keep grinding through this, if I can just keep getting out there, you know, it's going to come together. And, and really it was my body pushing back, saying, look, you can't do this anymore, man. And, and I remember making that decision and there were some tears involved, man, because let's be honest, like, we give our life to this game, and you spend a lot of time away from your family. You spend a lot of time by yourself working when nobody sees it, making sacrifices, sweating, bleeding. And and when I finally made that decision, it was like I remember driving back from uh, from spring training after having uh, 12 injections in my spine and and just like kind of working through some of this stuff of like, is this what it's going to look like if I can't get through this? And, and man, you talk about a weight, dude. It, it was, I mean, it, it, I won't, I'll never forget it. It was, it, it's the closing of a chapter and it doesn't look, it, people try to prepare you for it and they try to tell you about it, but you don't know what it's going to be like until you go through it.
0: I mean, you dealt with the highest of highs and kind of the lowest of lows. We okay. have the majors and <clears throat> home runs, uh, a big, long drought near the end of the yep. career. So, I mean, you've experienced it all, I guess. So, there's a lot you can share I will, with with future players.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who who I've always I've always liked. I knew him as a minor leaguer before we traded him over. Uh, he I'll never forget we were playing Boston and, and that he came over and he's like Poppy, how you doing? I'm like I'm good, man. He's like man, you know you're you're a lot in the record books. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, a lot of good, a lot of bad too. And I punched him in the chest. (laughs) 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 Hey, I'm just out here grinding, dude. It it made me laugh because in my head, you know, I wanted to be a great big league player. I didn't never, especially like, I never really thought I want to be a Hall of Famer. I didn't know if I had what it took. But at the end of the day, I I was going to put in the work and just let the chips fall where they may. And and I think a lot of the struggles that I went through. I was, and Jonesy knows this, I would keep that stuff to myself. I'm not going to, I might talk to him about it a little bit, but I'm not going to throw that stuff out in the media. I'm definitely not going to throw it on social media. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I remember um, Kristen coming to me late and um, I think he was 18 trying to get me to do a sports illustrated interview. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this stuff, man. And I ended up doing it and I saw the effects that it had the good thing, you know, the, The good, the ripple effect on the good side that it had in people's lives. But at the time, I was like, I don't want to sit here and talk about my struggles. I don't want to sit here and gripe and complain. Like, what do I really have to complain about? But I think being able to talk about that to players now, especially being able to talk about what it felt like, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, the doubts that I had, um, the pressure that I felt, the stress that I felt, I think it's going to help guys. And to be honest with you, if I don't talk about that, then I really went through it for no reason.
2: I want to switch it real quick and talk about uh, the new – that's how the game is switched, analytics. Yeah. Me and you, we'd be at, we would have been out. We wouldn't have got tw- 10 to 12 years. We would have probably got like, oh, maybe analytics. <laughs> maybe three and a half, maybe the arbitration. But they changed so much. Right. Uh, the rules have changed. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what, what do you see – how do you see this benefit in the game, really? Well,
1: I'll be honest with you. I was the biggest um, – I mean, I was against probably one of the most against the pitch clock Um from the from the get-go and I mean you think about the last I mean six or seven years that I was our player rep in the union having these conversations um with guys and, and with the league I didn't want it I didn't want more more emphasis on time that was one thing that I really enjoyed about the game especially in my younger year, younger years was being able to step out of the box and kind of bring the moment to me and slow it down and kind of have control in that aspect and and honestly now I'm like, man, two and a half hour games sure would have been nice back in the day when we're when we're scoring 15, 16 runs, you know, not to have to stand out there on defense for three hours. But um, it, it's just different, man. I was glad to see they did away with the shift. A little pissed off that they didn't do away with the shift, maybe you know, like 17 or 18, and let me enjoy a little bit of that. But <laughs> um, but I think it's bringing the game back to what it what it was when we grew up, and it's bringing it's more. It's more of a pure game. I remember pitchers, both guys that we played against and guys that we played with, that would just be chat when a, when a ground ball goes right through where the six hole where the shortstop should be playing. So I think there's definitely good. More ahead with Chris Davis here on the Adam Jones
0: Podcast. But first, please go out and support our dedicated sponsors. And don't forget our upcoming live podcast.
3: The Adam Jones Podcast with Adam Jones and Jerry Coleman will be live, and you can be part of the audience and meet Adam for the first time since he played for the O's. It all goes down on Thursday, July 27th at 8 p.m., doors open at 7, and tickets are limited, but now on sale. Go to BaltimoreSoundstage.com or Ticketmaster.com or call 410-244-0057 to be a part of the action. This will be the first time Adam and Jerry have done the podcast in the same spot, and who knows, maybe the last. So don't miss this unique night. The Adam Jones Podcast, live at Soundstage July 27th. See you there. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Be More Around Town. Be More Around Town is reminding you that football season is around the corner. Hashtag Purple Road Trip. Be More Around Town's trips are all-inclusive. Airfare, hotel, party, special guests, tours, and more. They're all ready for the Ravens game in London. They have over 300 deposits. Just pack your bags, get your passport, and meet them at the airport. Besides London calling, Be More Around Town also has road trips for all away games. Arizona, LA, San Francisco, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincy. Head to Be More Around Town. Com and find a hashtag purple road trip for you and your friends and family. BeMoreAroundTown.com By our good friends at the Wineman Company by Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by royal farms download the royal farms app from the apple app store or google play today new royal farms rewards members will get a free any size cup of royal farms award-winning coffee just for signing up royal farms real fresh real fast hey justin
0: keep an eye on the time it's your night to handle dinner
3: no worries got it covered
0: it's great getting dinner ready with no worries That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand breaded and cooked right in the store.
3: Oh wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out The Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar.
0: Now back to more of the Adam Jones podcast and our continuing exclusive conversation. You won't hear it anywhere else but here with Chris Davis.
1: I will always be a big advocate of keeping the game as natural as it is. You still need baseball players out there. You still need guys with instincts that can go get it. I mean, you did things on a baseball field that I still can't quantify. And I don't know if the numbers, I don't know if analytics could quantify. And I don't don't think that I could look at a guy now and say, that guy reminds me of Adam Jones because X, Y, and Z. It would be because of intangibles, of the way that you played the game, of things that you did that other people didn't recognize because they weren't around the game. And so I think that – If you're going to continue to go um, in the direction they're headed, there has to be reverence for both sides. There has to be appreciation for both sides or else you're going to lose the feel of baseball players and you're going to turn them into a bunch of robots. And that's just not the way the game's supposed to be played. It's supposed to be played with emotion.
0: It's funny. We're not hearing any of the players really complain actively about these new rules, which is always a good sign, because if they had an issue, we'd hear about it, I'm
1: sure. Well, you have to remember these are these are world class athletes. I mean, these are these are professional athletes. They're going to adjust, and they're going to adjust quicker than than you know most people. But it's still the thing that worries me is when you get you know think about a twenty one year old, twenty two year old kid getting called up to the big leagues, having all of this pressure. Say he's making his first big league start, or he's coming in out of the bullpen. You put him on a mound, and you tell him he's got twenty seconds, or fifteen seconds, or however many seconds to throw a pitch. I mean, it, it, talking about some mental stuff, I mean, you've you got to be ready for that moment to step into it and say, all right, man, it's either, you know, spit or get off the pot. You know, like, I, I can't just sit in here and think about what I'm going to do. I've got to deliver. And so, I understand it. Guys are growing up in an era now where there's so much information that I think they're kind of programmed to take it in and still be able to do a job. I just wasn't that guy. I mean, if you want me, if you want to get me out, get me to start thinking on the field. And you, I mean... I'll go sit down in three pitches. That's just about what I want to. Hey, I
2: already said, we, we're not road Scholars, bro. Nah. We just
1: We just uh, – we,
2: we play the game. Yeah. As a, as a student of the game, again, we're not road Scholars. Right. Uh, who's, your, who's your favorite guys to watch in the current in, – in this current uh,
1: era? I mean, it's hard not to say Judge just because of the ridiculous season that he had last year, and, and he's always been freakish to me. Um, I've really enjoyed watching this De La Cruz kid in Cincinnati. I mean – I saw him hit a ground ball to the first baseman the other day that the first baseman caught on his back foot and he beat the pitcher and the first baseman to the bag. And I'm like, first of all, I don't know that kind of speed. Second of all, how, like, how was he able to do this? I mean, the guys are now are just so freakish in their athleticism. You got dudes that are like um, six, five, six, six, and can bang and run. And, and I feel like everybody's throwing hundred. And I saw a little bit of that at the end um, of my career where dudes were just rolling up there and, and had command of stuff that that was running up, you know, around 100 miles an hour, throwing 93, 94 mile an hour sliders. So, honestly, the um, the young players are fun to watch. The guy in in uh, S- uh, Seattle, Rodriguez, is a lot of fun to watch. Um, he just seems kind of like a little kid playing the game with the way that he enjoys it. Um, but I mean, there there are just so many guys nowadays that just that just are I'm in awe of that. Um, it, it's funny because I never thought I would be a guy that would watch a lot of baseball post-baseball, but I find myself uh, watching games during the day uh, if I'm at home and then obviously at nighttime. So um, it's a good time to be in baseball. It's a good time to be a baseball fan for sure.
2: It's um, very true. Um, I'm to talk about contracts. Obviously, you the Orioles record holder and uh, largest contract. And you see him now. You see other guys getting the 200s, the 300s. Now Tawny's about to. Who yeah. knows what he's about oh, to yeah, get. How... How awesome and rewarding is that? Because, again, you want your brothers to eat around you. I want everybody to make as much money as you can because these owners are making every dollar possible. Yes. But how awesome is it to see Machado
1: go out and get one hundred seventy five? Well, the thing that, that I realized, and it wasn't a realization that I came to by myself, I had a lot of good people in my corner. I obviously had um, your blueprint to look at um, and, and to see your hard work pay off and to see you get the contract that you did. Uh, it just made me hungrier to, to steal your term and, and it gave me something to shoot for. But one of the things that, that was really um, pumped into me early on was, you know, you have to hold the line for the guys behind you. And that's one thing I don't think a lot of people understand is, you know, there are going to be guys that that are the dudes and, and leading the league in home runs two years, um, coming off a big season in my pre-agent season, I knew Jay Up was behind me, um, Jay Hay was in that class. Um, there were guys that were going to be, you know, kind of the mark for, for the guys to come behind us and and use us, you know, in their cases moving forward. And so it was a really tough decision. Jill and I, when we sat down and started talking about where we wanted to go, we really wanted to stay in Baltimore. We had a lot of relationships there. We were comfortable there. We um, we had we had, uh, had a lot of success there. We were hopeful that they were going to keep the team together as much as they could. Um, but ultimately, we knew um, that it was about uh, doing the right thing for ourselves and doing the right thing for the game of baseball. And that's what's so rewarding now is to see the guys like Manny, um, the guys like Seager, Simeon. Marcus lives in our neighborhood. Um, the guys that have put in the work, um, that have been able to to withstand the pressures of the game and the failures of the game, and get still get those contracts. Let's be honest when you're when you're talking about owners and players, we're talking about millionaires fighting against billionaires, like it's monopoly money, as I would describe it. So I will always be a big, um, a big fan of of players getting as much as they possibly can, because I think it's better for the game. I really do.
0: I want to ask a a little bit more about that. But it should be pointed out that you and Jill have left a tremendous footprint inside Baltimore with the charities that you guys began and continue
1: there and have done a lot. I know Oriole fans should never, ever forget that. Obviously, that's part of your legacy. Well, I appreciate that. That's what it's about for us. I mean, um, the money's nice, but, but ultimately it wasn't for us. I mean, we want to get back where, um, where we see a fit. And, and there are so many people in Baltimore and I think Baltimore gets a bad rep because of, um, because of outside influences and, and outside um, criticism. But I, I think it's such a special city because it's such a diverse and dynamic city. And, and we saw a lot of people there that, um, were very receptive to us. Um, we're very understanding of not only our situation, but um, the environment that we were in. And we just, we wanted to give back. And I think that's something that we'll continue to do. I know it's something we'll continue to do in the city of Baltimore, but something we'll continue to do on a global stage. It's just the calling that we felt we've been um, um, ushered into. As somebody that does charity work, I've been,
2: you know, blindly, Don't I don't want no cameras. I, I, that's, that's a salute because you don't have to. Right, right. I think people you, you don't have to. That's right. that's coming out of your pocket. Right.
1: You don't have to. So that's a big solution. Well, and you were always an encouragement to me in that regard, because I saw what it looked like for and your voice has a way different tone. It has a way different weight in the city of Baltimore than mine does. But I saw you do it day in and day out, going out um, to the boys and girl clubs, going out and doing things in the community and not asking for the return. Um, and, and not asking for the the notoriety, and to me that was that was always encouraging. So um you know, I appreciate you in that regard. You're a professional, you know, from head to toe, and you always have been.
0: Yeah, kudos to both of you for that, absolutely, and leaving that legacy in the Charm City. Now. Uh, this Bobby Bonilla, Dave, so much is made about uh, every July 1st. Uh, he's
1: heard when is Chris Davis, Dave? Hey, I was wondering. I was wondering. <laughs> 2037, right? Uh, you know, Bobby Bo is, he's the man. He's the footprint. And I think he always will be. Uh, I think it's funny because I, I will get guys that I played with or against that, um, you know, will text me and be like, I know it's coming. You know, I know it's coming. When is it? And, um, you know, I don't, it, to me, it, it is what it is. The reason I structured my contract the way that I did was to try to free up, um, the orals as much as we could, um, to, to do other things. We understood that it was a, a big commitment to me and we understood that it was a, a big dollar commitment, but we also wanted, um, to try and do everything that we could to give the team the, the opportunity to work and kind of, um, operate within some parameters, especially in that market with, with Boston and, uh, New York, Um, spending money we knew that it was going to be a challenge but um, you know it is what it is it's nice to have paychecks when you're not playing Um, it's nice for it to not just stop but ultimately we're going to continue to invest that money back into the kingdom that's awesome now
0: uh, again we've mentioned that you and adam were lockered together for a substantial period of time leave nothing out tell us about some of the worst stories possible
1: you get, um, brother. You get in there, brother. You ain't <laughs> <laughs> I, I told him I was going to try. No, you in there. <laughs> um, it's funny because you know I, I miss Jonesy a lot. I, obviously, I'm excited for for him and his family and, and Audie and Axel and uh, and uh, and August and, and Ella still ask about August, which is funny. She's like, uh, "Where's my friend August?" I'm like, "You still remember that?" Because they were you know little kids going to to daycare or to school together. But, um, but no, those stories, man, those, those are for me and for him. There, there were a lot of, of – the funny thing is I think people look at Adam and I and they see, you know, two guys that obviously care a lot about each other and that obviously get along. But, but Jonesy and I had some conversations in the clubhouse that that really um, kind of changed, you know, the way I thought about certain things. They, were, they weren't just – we weren't just jacking around all the time. There were some times we had some heavy-hitting conversations, whether it was something that he was dealing with off the field or something that I was dealing with off the field – Um, I mean, it was, you know, I I say that um, to this day that he's one of my brothers in the game and he he is he is outside. I remember calling him at three o'clock in the morning when he's in Japan getting ready to hit. And I may or may not have had some whiskey in my system. But um, but just just being able to reach out in those circumstances and just be like, hey, man, I'm thinking about you still love you. Um, you know, that's the bond that's created that I think a lot of people don't see.
2: And I always say this that uh when what happened with Boston, there was only one guy that like really came up to me and was like, Hey, let's go break some skulls.
1: Yeah. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I remember it in San Francisco too, and, and I didn't appreciate that. I didn't understand it, but you know, I'll be damned if you're going to do something to my teammate and not have to deal with me on it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what it feels like. I'm not going to try to put myself in his shoes, but I still love the guy. I still care about him, and I'm still going to fight. You know, I'm still going to have his back no matter what. Well, there
0: is one thing that seems indefensible, and uh, it's the video we saw of Adam doing the wave in London, <laughs> encouraging the likes of Bill Murray. I mean, Chris, that was popular
1: a quarter century ago, and he's trying to perpetuate no, this thing. I'm a little upset at Bill Murray for not getting up there and getting into it. You know, he's supposed to be a Cubs fan. Those guys are supposed to be, like, fanatics. I need to see a little more enthusiasm from them. But, hey, man, that's what we get to do now. Like, we had to stand there and and listen to people doing the wave, and we're up 10 or down 10 in the fourth inning. And that's part of baseball, man. That's part of the fun of the game. So, um, yeah, I I don't don't, – you know, I don't discredit Adam, or, or I'm not going to try to discourage his enthusiasm for a game. I think it's part right. of fun. And you're in London, man. Come on, dude. Like, let's get up, dude. Just
2: baseball, hundred percent. Come on, you got to have some fun. Once, what at all
1: thirty-two major
2: league ballparks? I think that's part of his tour. That'd, yeah. be great. That'd be great. I might do it at the All Star game. You. I, might start, I might start the wave at the All Star game. Derby. Yeah. Derby. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the douchebag. I'm going to do it. I'm just playing in the softball game this year. I'm going to be the douchebag. Are you really? At the softball game. Hey, everybody, let's go do the damn wave. Bring <laughs> me some garlic
0: fries. Now, that would be funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seattle, you know them garlic fries. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah.
0: Hey, Chris, we can't uh, thank you enough. It's been our pleasure having you on and appreciate you taking the time here
2: with us. Yeah, Thanks been brother.
0: Yeah, you bet man. Love you too. See. You. Thank All you. Right. All right, brother. Well, as we said Adam, uh you you guys uh shared locker space. I don't know did he have two lockers like you did, I mean, but you know, he seems to have mellowed uh, out and enjoying retirement.
2: So, it, when he came in, he had one cuz he took over Derek Lee's locker and then um he took over like half of my locker, and then I went the other way and took over a whole locker. So I just basically gave him the one to the left, and I just hung my I just hung my clothes up in just a little small place. I gave him the the two, but now nah, man, me and him, that's my longest tenured brother. Uh, it was Marcakis first, and then him, and G, and then uh, Weeders and JJ. So we we all have just a, a bond before kids, before marriage, and just uh, you know going through the trenches together. So. It's just we, you know, we're brothers outside of this game.
0: All right, time now to venture beyond Baltimore, as we call it, Baltimore and beyond. Now, you got these Baltimore Connect jerseys this past week since our last podcast. But when I did review the video, it seemed to be a little bit, I don't know, staged.
2: Three weeks ago, we were trying, waiting at the customs to get this jersey. I finally got it. So I knew what it was but I never opened the actual package. This is a, that when that video is exactly the first time I opened the package, but I had an idea of what it was, but I'd never seen the Jersey live. Um, and it's a one of one baby. There's only one number 10. That's I don't true. know if they, I, I don't know if they're selling my jerseys at the ballparks.
0: You know, it is what it is. I, I'll have to take you for your word. That was the first time you saw that. And who was the filmmaker?
2: The filmmaker was my wife, um, and one of my friends' kids. Uh, he was in; t- they were in town, and he says Elias. So he drops that. I don't know if he mentioned meant to do that, but it's a great touch, and it's a great jersey. When I got to, when I got to really look at the details, they did a really good job. on So, on, so on wait the a minute. Do you
0: think? Do you think that youngster was thinking like the Orioles were sending you a jersey because they were bringing you back to play again?
2: No, he knows oh. I'm done. All my friends know I'm done playing. Right. I can't play no more. Who's I'm playing a young in the softball, okay, but. It was but a young it, kid. You no, know, he, he was my, basically my little nephew. So he knows Uncle Adam is done, okay? Uncle Adam is going to take everybody to the beach.
0: But after getting your Orioles jersey, he was on to London. You went. London came calling, or you went calling on London, and you got to see the Cubs and the Cardinals. A lot of people say, why would they play that series in London? Because they're going to sell out Wrigley. They're going to sell out St. Louis. But how did it play in London from your perspective, and compared to watching the NFL in that city as well, Adam?
2: Well, I mean, baseball is a little bit different playing it in London. Uh, in the two teams, obviously, Chicago is a bigger market than St. Louis, so there were a lot more Chicago fans than uh, than St. Louis fans. But St. Louis people travel, and they've had a rich history, and especially the last two decades of winning championships, so they're they're well known. And obviously, having Pujols there, having Fowler there. Rick Sutcliffe, Ferguson Jenkins. Like, I'm just sitting there enamored with all these, you know, legends on both sides, but just good people. Um, The stadium was great. It was warm. The ball was flying. Uh, I just think everything that they've done is the second international series Major League Baseball has done this year with the Mexico series and now the London series. And it's just, it's it's growing the game. And uh, a friend of mine who I met who runs Great Britain baseball, he, uh, I met him in Regensburg for the qualifier for WBC. And I went to go have dinner with him, and me and him talked for three hours just about, like, what can we do to improve this game? We took a picture of it on social media. Team Italy's people start reaching out, like, hey, come up to Milan and Bergamo and, and, and come help us out. And that's the coolest part about being a major league player is the growth that you have and the reach that you have, the knowledge that you have within this game. And, you know, me, I just want the next generation to play. My, my time is, is gone. It's passed. But if I can help out the next generation to, to live out their same dream that I lived out, that, that's what it's really, really about.
0: What about the thirst in London for baseball compared to football?
2: How would you uh, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously football is football a creme de la creme for sports. Um, Europe doesn't care for football that much, obviously, because they have their own football. So they mm-hmm. don't care for football Americana as much. Um, but they still love it and they appreciate it, and you're still they're selling out eighty to hundred thousand seat stadiums. So they love it. It's it's but it's it's something different to them. It's all oh, the Americans are doing something here. It's the same thing when Real Madrid and FC Barcelona comes and plays friendlies in the United States against certain teams. It's something different. You don't get to see these teams often, so you want to go out and you want to go support and you want to watch.
0: All right, grab your crystal ball. Look down the road if you can for a second. What do you think has a better chance of occurring, MLB in Europe or Mexico?
2: I think Mexico probably has a a lot better chance just because of how many games we play as a baseball team and the proximity. Um, It's Mexico City's three hours from San Diego, from uh, Arizona, from Dallas, from the southern teams. Obviously, it's further from uh, Yankees, Seattle, and you know the northern teams, but it's still it's still in North America. Um, you know, Boston flies to San Diego or, or Anaheim. That's seven hour flight. So these teams can make it if you build it into the schedule. I think Mexico City is, is a, I mean, it's twenty million people. So one hundred percent they can support it. Uh, it's just a matter of do you want to take away the Mexican League and get rid of uh, you know the, the the Diablos that play in Mexico City? So. They have their own league there that's the that's the hardest part and they but they have a major league stadium as we've seen so it could work but you're also going to be taken away from uh the mexican league.
0: all right last thing here i wanted to touch on because it was very disturbing and that was the video of you coaxing bill murray into doing the wave
2: Doing hey, the wave. Come on, a, man. Hey, right before that happened, I was like, Mr. Murray, the wave is coming back. He's like, hey, we don't do no wave here. I'm like, come on, Mr. Murray, we got to do the wave. Come on, you're right. a big baseball fan. The commissioner's right behind him. And I'm like, come on, do the wave. And everybody up there was doing the wave, man. That was such a great moment to get Mr. Murray. I got, I got CC doing it. Like, that's what it's about. It's an enjoyment. You are a Debbie Downer, and you be the person that's sitting there just like this, yarn, told, it.
0: Yeah, to until see some, it cross somebody walks, like by, somebody walks by. Somebody
2: walks by you like, I'm good." Do the wave, man. The wave is awesome.
0: To see it cross the pond in that manner was so upsetting for me,
2: but let's okay, when we get to Baltimore, let's start the wave.
0: What the hell did you just say? All right, let's move on and put a bow and tie on today's episode or this week's, I should say, with another edition of Socially Speaking, where someone will qualify for a Miss Shirley's gift card. By the way, David Dopkin reached out to me and invited me to an Orioles game. So I will be going to a game with Dopkin at some point. And no, we're not doing the wave, Dopkin. He's trying He's trying to get me to do it, I'm
2: gonna When I come to town, I'm going I'm going there and I'm going to get All them right. bacon, uh, the, uh, chicken, uh, chicken and waffles. All
0: right. He, he should be warned. All right. But you can qualify for the Miss Shirley's gift card simply by tweeting, sending us a message via Instagram or Facebook, the Address is the same at Adam Jones Pod at Adam Jones Pod on all three platforms. This week it comes in the form of a tweet from Harley at Double H Town. He asked Adam, What's something you disliked during your playing days that you find yourself liking now?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I like taking out the catcher, I like taking out the second baseman. Uh, I mean, I think pace of play. Uh, as, as a person who you know tried to have a lot of dates with my wife on Friday nights, um, pace of play definitely would have helped make the reservation and uh, not have to get the waiter rushing to you and be like, "Hey, hey, hey, this the last call." Uh, that the, the pace of play that would have <clears throat> been something that uh, I would have I would have liked more as a player. Right now, I, it didn't bother me as much. But you know, sometimes you look up there and it's the fifth inning or third inning. And it's like eight thirty. You're like damn, this is going to be a 10.45 game. I'm going to get home at 11.30. Food going to be cold. So it was always good to when we had a, a quick game. That can go, and me and my wife would be able to go on date night. So if they were, I, I would have really loved and benefited from this clock.
0: I like how you think, because for Chris Davis, obviously wish the shift were eliminated earlier. For you, you want these games done so you don't have to hold the restaurant open for an extra hour and maybe say a little extra in tips and all that to the staff. <laughs> I know where you're going. All right, we're done here. You enjoy the rest of your European vacation. We will catch up next week. We got some news about you at the uh, all-star game that may or may not have been leaked during this podcast. We'll talk about that. We got a very special guest next week as well. You'll just have to wait and see about that. But we do have to thank our senior executive producer His name is Chip Franklin, who drops more names than a telephone book. 100%. And there he is. Also, we want to thank our loyal, dedicated sponsors. Please go out and support these people. And we'll see you at our live podcast. Here's some more info on that.
3: The Adam Jones Podcast with Adam Jones and Jerry Coleman will be live, and you can be part of the audience and meet Adam for the first time since he played for the O's. It all goes down on Thursday, July 27th at 8 p.m. Doors open at 7, and tickets are limited, but now on sale. Go to BaltimoreSoundstage.com or Ticketmaster.com or call 410-244-0057 to be a part of the action. This will be the first time Adam and Jerry have done the podcast in the same spot, and who knows, maybe the last. So don't miss this unique night, the Adam Jones Podcast, live at... Soundstage July 27th. See you there. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Be More Around Town. Be More Around Town is reminding you that football season is around the corner. Hashtag Purple Road Trip. Be More Around Town's trips are all-inclusive. Airfare, hotel, party, special guests, tours, and more. They're all ready for the Ravens game in London. They have over 300 deposits. Just pack your bags, get your passport, and meet them at the airport. Besides London calling, Be More Around Town also has road trips for all away games. Arizona, LA, San Francisco, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincy. Head to Be more around Town Dot com and find a hashtag Purple Road Trip for you and your friends and family. Be more aroundtown.com by our good friends at the Wineman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some it's a game of chance, but for you it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville, at the Barstool Sportsbook, or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any-size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee, just for signing up. Royal Farms, real fresh, real fast. Hey,
0: Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner.
3: No worries. Got it covered.
0: It's great getting dinner ready with No Worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded, and cooked right in the store.
3: Oh, wow. This smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at the slash AJ to get started. Again, that's the slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar.
0: Until next week, be kind, be real, and be back for another episode of the Adam Jones Podcast. See ya.